Hey there, welcome to Walking Alongside Perspectives, a combination of short monopods as well as some conversations with cool folks covering various topics based on what is going on in the world, focusing on the broader theme of perspectives. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, there are no facts, only interpretations. So let's get into it with this episode. Thanks for being here. So I don't know what it is about this time of year. Right now, it's Christmas Eve. But weeks ago, I already started thinking about all of the songs that were written in the 1984-85 range right around the time of the big famine in Africa, which honestly, did it ever really end? Wasn't there always another country that was struggling over the course of the years since that really hit the headlines? Irrespective of that, I loved that period of time, not least of which because it was in the middle of the 80s, which is like, honestly, in my opinion, still the best decade. Not that it didn't have its problems, like goodness knows, but those three songs for me epitomize what happens when people decide to come together around a common cause. I don't know what it was about that particular cause and it got kicked off by Band-Aid, started in 1984 when they wrote, Do They Know It's Christmas? And I literally just watched all three of the making of or official videos of all three of the songs that came out in that time. And I kind of love all of them, but in order, I have to say that I kind of love the Canadian one the most, even though it's like got such a totally Canadian vibe to it. And then Band-Aid and then We Are The World. And it's not because I don't love the artists that are on that song. There's just something about that one that seems a little bit more self-serving in some way. And sorry, my American friends out there, but yeah. Anyway, so the impetus of that was obviously they recognized what an absolute devastating effect this was happening on the people that were impacted by this famine. And so they came together, all these artists that have this huge platform, these voices literally and figuratively to be able to hopefully inspire people to make a change. And I was thinking at the time, what all else was going on in the world at that time? And if you go through and Google, you know, highlights or world significant world events in the 1980s, there's there's quite a list of them. but. The ones that really stand out are the AIDS crisis, the Cold War, the troubles in the Middle East, troubles in South America, you know, and then whatever was going on kind of internally, politically at the time, south of the border and probably elsewhere. I think Margaret Thatcher was still in power at the time, you know, so things couldn't have been super great in the UK. But notwithstanding all of that, it seemed like that really crystallized a particular event in the minds and psyches of everybody. And I think now about the things that are going on, like there are so many causes around which artists could come together to make a difference, to let people be aware of what is going on. But I just don't know that it would work. I, I think that was a thing that happened in a very specific time and all of the pieces that needed to come into place just did. The movers and shakers of the, of the moment were able to catalyze all the people to come together and do that thing and share their incredible individual talents and voices. And that was a chapter that we will never be able to replicate much as it is needed today. And so those three songs have been on my mind for the last several weeks as we've been in the run up to another holiday season. And on the one hand, it makes me nostalgic. On the other hand, it makes me a little bit sad. And on the other hand, it just got me really thinking about, you know, what does this season mean to people? And why does it cause some people a lot of stress? That was brought to my attention when I was doing one of the annual briefings and I was talking about, you know, it's the important time of year to connect with friends and family and be together and refill your bucket and do all those things. And someone pointed out very wisely that it is also a time of year that being with family can be incredibly stressful. 
And that got me thinking to why do we put ourselves in situations that don't always lead us to be feeling the most joyful? And I don't think it's for any particular thing or reason. I think that there's just this pattern that we get into. There's an expectation and there's a level of obligation that comes along with that. I read an article in the waiting room of Daphne Psychologist and it was titled, what do parents owe their children and what do children owe their parents? And there wasn't an answer. The writer, it was sort of like a Dear Abby question that had been sent in by a reader, I guess. And the answer was very much one of you just have to figure out what's going on for you in that circumstance. What is your relationship with your parent? What kind of things were always important to you? Were you always together at Christmas or other holidays? Was there an expectation that everybody was going to come to one place or was there a rotation or what did that look like? But more it was just what is your relationship with your family? And if your relationship with your family is one that's fraught with tension, then is there a reason why you feel the need to spend the holidays with them? What if the holidays don't mean much to certain members of your family and it is foisted upon them because the family descends because that's just what you do for tradition? But how did that tradition come to pass? And I'm not trying to make it sound like it's this horrible thing, even though for some people they might be completely relating to it and other people are like, oh no, this is like the most magical time. I love getting together with my family. That's the one time we all come together and... And all of those stories are valid and all of those stories are legitimate. And that's why I think it's important that we decide for ourselves what is it that we want to do that's going to make the most sense for us in our particular place in the world at this moment in time. If you used to always do something and now some of those people are no longer with us, how do you move beyond that to create new traditions? If there is a sense of tradition and obligation that is keeping people doing the same thing out of habit, is it time maybe to reconsider whether that's actually still the best fit? When you look at the things that are going on in the world and the fact that we've got no snow at Christmas and some people were having a really hard time getting into the festive spirit because it's darker than it normally feels, because there's no snow reflecting the light, because we're in a completely unknown or unrecognizable way of being in the world and how we interact with each other globally and individually and you just are thinking are we just going through the motions or are we trying to do this to help us to feel better in a time that's just wrought with uncertainty and anger and division and all of the things that are kind of the antithesis of what this time of year is supposed to be about and I don't think that there's a single answer. I don't think there's a singular way of looking at it. I think we have to really decide what makes sense for not just me, but what also makes sense for the others. Maybe there is a little bit of a sense of obligation that we feel because we know how important it is to the other people. And that's the sacrifice that we make for them because they matter to us. And that's what was always instilled as a value, that family is important, that being with the people that you care about is important, even if maybe you don't feel like doing that or being there or making the trip or whatever that might look like. So as I said, there's not a singular answer or a singular right answer. I think that that is really going to depend on how well we communicate to one another the things that matter to us at any given time. And I don't know that we're necessarily always as good at communicating those things with the people that matter to us or the people with whom we have tension because of old patterns, old habits, old ways of communication that maybe aren't helpful or healthy or that lead to any sort of resolution. And all of that just follows us around. And I just think that as we approach a new year every year, it's an opportunity to 
maybe say, okay, this is going to be the year. This is the year that I do things differently. This is the year that I let go of certain expectations. This is the year that I stand up for myself. This is the year that I give more of myself. This is the year that I really try to find that balance, whatever that is. And maybe it's moment by moment or day by day or week by week. I think we have to give each other the space and the grace to do that because it's been a tough couple of years. And I don't think anybody's really figured out what does the new reality or this new way of living, existing look like. We're all figuring it out. And sadly, in a lot of ways, we're kind of running out of time because we're going to be out of fresh water. We're probably going to have forest fires that are unprecedented in the years to come. We know that flooding is happening already. We know people are being displaced. If ever there was a time that we needed the songs to rally around and cause people to sit up and take notice and make some changes that are going to maximally impact people globally, not just in our own backyards, but everywhere, starting perhaps in our own backyards. Let's tackle houselessness. Let's tackle jobs. Let's tackle healthcare. Let's tackle appropriate schooling and supports for teachers to support the kids that maybe aren't as supported by the parents because the parents are busy trying to just survive. Like you don't have to look far to find a place to try to make a little bit of a difference. Maybe it's in your community and looking out for the neighbors. Maybe it's in your community and being part of the league that helps organize events to bring that smile to people's faces. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. I think we all have something that we can contribute that will make us feel better and maybe put us in that spirit that we're supposed to be in at this time of year, but the whole year long. I don't know that maybe that's just a little bit too romantical of a notion, but I do still have a lot of hope and optimism that we can get there. It was Festivus yesterday, and I wasn't ever really a huge Seinfeld fan, but for whatever reason, Festivus has really become something <laughs> more meaningful or maybe closer to my heart in the last little while, maybe because I have so many grievances that I need to find a poll so that I can air them under. But I also think that there's really no point in airing those grievances if we don't find a way to make a difference ourselves. We can't stand around airing grievances and not doing anything about them. We have to stand up and do what we can. So I think as we get to Christmas, which is tomorrow for those celebrating it, that it's a really great time to reflect, take note and decide how do I want to spend that day? How do I want to spend Boxing Day? Does it include shopping or does it include maybe just being a little bit more reflective? Does it mean that I'm going to return a bunch of stuff and replace it with something or maybe just return some stuff? Because I don't think we need more stuff. I think we need more of the essence of humanity that will fill up all of those empty parts in us that we just want to have filled. I was watching an episode of Queer Eye and Bobby said that the one thing that we all have in common is that we all just want to be loved. And I mean, obviously for them, there's a very specific meaning around that. But I think that the essence of it is true regardless of who you are, what you believe in, what you identify as, who you love. We all just want to be loved and we don't want to be lonely and we don't want to be forgotten. We don't want to be taken for granted and we certainly should make sure that we're not doing any of those things to make the people around us feel that either. So I think that reciprocal decision to be the best that you can be 365 days a year 
that I think is the best present that anybody could ask for because it really is the gift of presence and not so much the presents that make this an amazing time of year. So on that note, I hope that you all have or had an amazing festive season, holiday season, Christmas season, Hanukkah, all of the things, Kwanzaa, anything that you celebrate that helps you to come together and wishing you all the best in 2024. Let's make it a good one. Let's make it the best one yet. And let's really roll up our sleeves to make those little changes where we can so that we don't need another Band-Aid or USA for Africa or Northern Lights to get that message out there. We are going to be the message and I think that would be amazing. Thanks for listening. If you have ideas for a topic or even better, a perspective to share, I would love to hear them and share them, ideally in a conversation with you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and throw a comment my way or share with friends. For better or for worse, we're all in this together. We have exactly one world to share, so let's make it the best one it can be. Until next time, take good care. Ciao for now.